The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach. Here's a quote from Albert Einstein. He said, People love chopping wood. In this activity, one quickly sees results. As a Smart Moves Coach, I won't help you chop wood, but I will help you make the leadership and business moves to quickly see results. Remember, good intentions, even with a good plan, don't magically lead to success. What does is making sure every day you're on the right track and you're not getting sidetracked in your leadership drive for purpose, performance, and profitability. Now, a Smart Moves treat to power up your business, brought to you by my valued sponsor, Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Is retaining your talent a top priority? Well, it should be. A sign of an improving job market is that two out of three employers are implementing programs now to retain some of their best executives, managers, and future leaders, according to a survey by OI Partners. That is because turnover has already increased at 30% of the survey companies, and most are bracing for more employee exits in the coming year. According to the survey, 90% of these companies are concerned about losing high-potential employees, 60% are apprehensive about middle managers leaving, and 45% are uneasy about senior-level executives. So, listeners, what are you doing to retain your key people before they exit to another company, perhaps a competitor? Here are four strategies to re-engage them before it's too late. First, identify your critical talent. Realize they can be at all levels, not just the top. Develop a process to pinpoint the key people and the key positions needed for your future growth. In other words, who are the most important people in your business or team that will keep you competitive today and tomorrow? Second, focus on the value creators. Yes, senior management may be key, 
but there are other employees that may actually be as important or maybe even more important. For example, the critical technologists who know how to get the system back up and running or the top salespeople who have deep knowledge of and connection with your most valued customers. Three, start a process to re-recruit them. Meet with them on a regular basis to monitor what is going on. Seek their input. Clarify specific performance goals. Provide developmental opportunities. Give them the resources they need and reward them for results. Be sure if you don't do that, you may lose them or their commitment. And four, offer coaching not just to senior executives. The survey stated that in companies that are most concerned about losing talent are the ones that have designated their future leaders. So coaching has become a very popular retention method for middle managers and high potentials. It signals loud and clear that the company is making a serious investment in them and their career development. So here's your smart moves tip. As the economy improves, employees will have fewer reasons to stick around in the jobs they don't enjoy or aren't meeting their career goals. The company that offers planned on-the-job developmental experiences complemented by growth-focused coaching will be more successful in retaining their valued and high-skilled talent. Here's what one leader said to me, quote, I believe that my associates can work anywhere they want, and my job is to re-recruit them every day and give them a reason to choose to work for us and for me as opposed to anybody else. Listeners, if retaining talent is a top priority for you, then get my new article, 10 Ways to Make Your Company the Greener Pasture. Send an email to Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com with the words retention in the subject line. Or call me at 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Listeners, did you know that small to medium-sized employers are leading the economic resurgence? Yet, they lag behind in a crucial factor for continued success, the attraction and retention of great talent. My guests today are George Garrett, a founding member of Future Focus Group, and Peter Barrett, President and Chief Operating Officer of Frontera Geoscience. They will provide us with insights into the evolving workforce of the future and how small enterprises can develop retain their employees. Welcome, Peter and George. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Marcia. Thank you. Well, and Peter, let's start with you. Um, this is a question that I get asked a lot as a coach, but I'm wanting to get your input. And that question is, what do you see as some of the greatest challenges facing leaders today, especially in small businesses? Well, some of them you already mentioned um, in, the start of, uh, in the start of the program. 
But one key factor for me is also identifying the correct people to work for a small, medium enterprise. I'm sure many of us have hired people only to find out that they're the wrong people once they've been working for us for a, a short amount of time. Uh-huh. We have hired several people from larger service companies than our own and found that when they start working for us, it's completely the wrong atmosphere for them. You take away all their support mechanisms uh-huh. and you put them in a position where you expect them to perform and go out and actually sell the products that previously came in from them, in for them, sorry, and they're completely lost. They cannot function without those support mechanisms, and those staff do not last very long. So identifying the correct people to work in a SME is, is very important indeed. And like I said, you really don't know how they're going to perform until you have them on the job for you. And I think part of what you're saying is that um, you're looking for people who can be self-starters, um, more entrepreneurial, um, show more initiative. Those are the kinds of people that, I think, would function better in a small company. Am I correct on that? Exactly. Um, as part of a small company, like I said, you don't have the support mechanisms of a larger company, so people have to think more for themselves than they would in a larger company. And bringing people in for a larger company, they don't always realize that. They don't understand really how much they're going to have to think for themselves and how much of an impact they're going to directly place on the business. Sure, in a larger company, they had an impact on the business, but often the business was brought to them. Now they're in a position where they need to help you go out and find the business and really excel. Uh, And, you know, not having those support mechanisms really makes it very difficult for some people when they've had them maybe for 20, 30 years. And it's a shame because some very well-respected people will come in and flounder in a completely different environment. Right, and I have seen that happen. So moving on, um, what attracts people to smaller companies and what makes them stay? In other words, there are people out there, I, I am coaching several of them, who have either gotten you know, a package or they, uh, the company has restructured and they're out in the job market, or there may be people in large companies who are, um, you know, quite not not happy. They want the, the it's not meeting their career goals, and a lot of them don't think of the small, small to medium sized company. But but I'm sure there are very are things that attract that are very attractive to these kinds of people. So what might be some of the things that a small company has to get them in and keep them? Well, there are two sides to the answer to that question. The first thing is, and I think this is one of the most important things when you're trying to hire key people, is the fact that they can make a difference. They can really make a difference working in a small, medium enterprise. They can come up with their initiatives. They can see them through and see them being successful without going through all the red tape and all the gates and all the hurdles that you'll find in a large organization. And for many people, that is very rewarding and is part of the satisfaction that comes with the job and helps them to stay. The second part, Mm -hmm. or the second answer, is the fact that a small, medium enterprise will offer more of an intimate, family-like atmosphere where everyone knows everyone else and it feels like an extension of your family and you can feel very comfortable in that environment. It's very nice to come in and you know, share a coffee with someone, ask them about their family. It's a completely different environment. You're not a name. You know everyone. You know who the boss is. And certainly here, we practice servant leadership. You can go into anybody's office. The door is always open, and everyone is treated as an equal. And being treated as an equal means a lot for everyone. Right. Um, and, and, you know, um, 
what might be another thing that, you know, so what keeps them? You know, that may attract them, um, but... Yes, money is certainly important, but I'm sure there are other things that ha- that attract uh, and, and retain people. What might be another thing that your your company does or you're aware of? Um, well, the first thing I was going to say that what helps retain people is job satisfaction, but also the small medium enterprise, and it's important that we offer all the same benefits or similar benefits, and mm-hmm. to a certain extent, better benefits than a large company. Um, you know, often people are going to have to sell the job to their spouse or significant other, and if they say, well, I'm not going to get health care, I'm not going to have a 401k plan, then the spouse, significant other, is not going to be interested. So you have to offer as good, and in our case, a slightly better plan than what people can get elsewhere. You know, we cover a lot of health insurance, 100%, for example. So you've got to make sure that all the benefits that people use are used to are on a par or better than what is available elsewhere. And that is really getting the buy-in from the family as well. That's your immediate personal family. It, you know, what you're saying, we just have a, about a little less than a minute left and I, before we go to our break. And I think I have, I, I can't acknowledge what you're saying because I've worked in big, what I call personal bureaucracies at times and smaller, more family-oriented. And I think for me, what attracts me is the smaller company um, and I think more people need to understand the, the benefits that you have outlined. And I know we may get into it more about, you know, what is it like working in a small to medium-sized company? And what can a company do to attract and, re- and retain really key people? So it's now time for a short break on the business edge. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves coach. And my guests today are George Garrett and Peter Barrett talking about the evolved workforce and how to engage, develop, and retain your key talent. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's www.snelling.com. S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. 
Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners, to The Business Edge, sponsored by Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach, and my guests today are George Garrett of Future Focus Group and Peter Barrett of Frontera Geoscience, giving us insights into the evolved workforce, secrets to successful and simple employee development. Well, listeners, we heard from... Uh, Peter about uh, you know working for small to medium sized companies and and uh, and how they can attract and retain key talent. But now I'm going to move to George and um, George. You two have authored a white paper, "The Evolved Workforce." As I said, how small enterprises develop and retain employees. What is the focus of that white paper? Thank you, Marsha. The, the focus of the white paper is kind of like in three segments. Um, first is the, the fact that the SME has a, a, a huge impact on, on our economy. Uh, for example, there's about 7,600,000 companies operating in the United States that produce a regular payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of these companies, 84.3% employ less than 500 employees. So we think it's the economic engine of the U.S. economy. And on top of that, 51 million employees work in organizations that are considered an SME. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, the focus of the paper is that the world has and and continues to really evolve, but sometimes we feel our leadership is often stagnant. Mm -hmm. For example, even though we still have relatively high unemployment, in about 5.7%, especially the U.S. U6 data, which is about 11 to 13%, in a normal setting, this would provide a, a really huge supply of talent. However, it's still a challenge today for organizations to find labor. About 75% of the companies in the United States are struggling to recruit the people they need. Hmm. And in addition to that, we're all familiar with employee engagement mm-hmm. and the, the Gallup organization, how they studied, started their study in the year 2000 with, with the metadata and all the stuff they looked at. After that many years of, of analyzing stuff uh, in terms of employment engagement, 30% of employees are engaged, and a whopping 70% of them are not engaged. They're either marking time or they have checked out. We think that's significant. 
In addition to that, we have companies reported, 79% of companies in one recent report report we had indicated that they're having a significant retention engagement issue. And because of the sheer magnitude of the SMEs, we think it needs addressing. And that became the focus of the paper. So you you highlighted the um, the, the paper with some very interesting statistics. Um, mm-hmm. I think most of us are in the field of human resources and mm-hmm. and uh, those um, leaders who are pretty sophisticated uh, will understand the importance of employee engagement. And and Gallup c- continues to survey, and that employee engagement has n- not. Um, gone up <laughs> in the, in the number of years. So tell me, what are you? Some of the thoughts you have for SMEs, and we're going to be using listeners SMEs for small to medium sized enterprises. Now, um, what are the things that SMEs can start doing um, in terms of re- retaining the t- their talent? Well, I, I think as Peter mentioned in, in his his segment, uh, SMEs certainly have. Uh, flexibility. Um, uh-huh. People do have a, a stronger voice in, in a smaller organization than they would, you know, doing PPI reports, you know, as highlighted in the movie uh, Office Space. Uh, there, there are things that uh, allow just just greater learning. Uh, you'll understand the business better. Uh, you, you, you won't be part of a huge, maybe multinational team that you actually do a piece of the work and not See the and not and not see uh-huh. the other pieces until the final product is produced. So there's a lot of advantages to to, to being a, a part uh, of an SME. Um, so I hope that answers your question in terms of some of those dynamics. Right, and um, you also talked about in your overview um, about you know. Uh, Leadership. The leadership is having difficulty in recruitment of of talent, and so if you can talk about that a bit, and then let's get into you. You know, service lead, uh, servant leadership, and and how do you develop leaders? Okay. Well, I think part of the problem is, and, and I'm going to kind of back this up before I answer mm-hmm. that that part. Back this up and say, I think part of the problem in terms of retention that I didn't mention is the fact that we're really using very old methods and, and techniques uh, mm-hmm. to, to drive employee engagement. It's disguised that, but it's not. Um, we, we think a lot of times people just don't, organizations just don't know better. Uh, what they need is something that appeals across, uh, to a cross-generational workforce, knowledge transference, and so forth. Uh, we think that each generation, no matter if you're a traditionalist, baby boomer, um, X or, or Y, uh, every generation wants to work, but maybe our work is, is performed in a different way. But everybody wants to be wants to work and, and be recognized. So that that that's part of the retention strategy is to find those bright spots that allow that to happen. Great, great. And um, then, you know, going back to your overview, you talked about them having difficulty in recruitment. Is there things that, that SMEs can do better, uh, more effectively to recruit talent to their company? Well, I, I think the SME, and Peter would, would probably agree with me, offer less stringent uh, knowledge, skills, and aptitude type, type screening. I think an SME is, is willing to, to look 
at the, a person in, in a holistic way rather than how it appears, you know, on a resume or, or, or some sort of, uh, you know, applicant tracking type system that would, you know, discard people. I think you're going to have a closer interface and an easier opportunity with an SME than you would with a mega corporation. So I think that's, that's one of the advantages of the SME, uh, hands down. Right, and that just reminds me of when I've worked in uh, outplacement a number of years ago. Um, uh, some candidates would say we sent our resume, you know, big company, and it's like going into the black hole. You never Absolutely. hear anything; you don't know where it is. And I think with SMEs, you're more likely have a chance to your resume to be looked at and even contacted. And uh, that that's certainly um, one of the the bright spots of SMEs. Um, in your paper, you also talk about leadership and servant leadership and a leadership pipeline and things like that. Can you um, uh, expand on that? How do you how uh, and, and and companies bend strengths in terms of leaders? So, what do SMEs need to know about leadership and leadership development? Well, one of the primary things I think they need to know is uh, to, to actually understand that uh, the old techniques and methods and systems that we've used in the past, uh, such as uh, control, uh, will not work moving forward. In fact, you're seeing more and more evidence of it each and every day that uh, people, people, if you take a look at the number of people who want to leave a job right now, as we sit here talking today, about 62% of all employees would change jobs today if they yes. had a job to go to, okay? Mm-hmm. To, me, mm-hmm. to me, that's almost criminal. Why does that happen? Well, I, I think the, the control mechanisms take hold. Uh, you become uh, just, just another number and, mm-hmm. and, and don't have that, that face time. At the end of the SMB, you're going to have more face time with your, your senior leadership than you're ever going to have with um, with with a, with a mega company, a lar- larger company, so certain yep. leadership uh, is is a proponent of the fact that uh, you lead in a in a different way. You lead your your job is to service the, the the people. They are not there to service you. So if you get grab hold of that concept and make it a part of your your mission, your vision, your values, then I think people will gravitate to that, Marsha. I know they will. Right. Um, and we just have a, a several minutes more. Um, you know, the other thing from your white papers I'm looking at it, you talked about um, a method of, you know, discovery, development and deployment. Um, can you talk a bit about that? Or what does that mean? You know, what does it, what does it evolve, involve? Yeah, well, that's, that's my partner and myself's uh, uh, copyrighted process. We think that, um, especially with a small, small mid-sized uh, enterprise, they are really, really good candidates for using a process of discovering what the issues are to move forward and spending valuable time developing people in a very simple, cost-effective way uh, as opposed to elaborate programs and mass training and, and so forth that just doesn't work. So the development side of it, we, we focus mostly on developing the competencies. And my partner and I often say is, you know, you hire for the knowledge, skills, and aptitudes, but what you pay for are the competencies. So we help organizations, especially the small, small organizations, develop competencies to move their people through a training and development process, utilizing in-house 
uh, external as well as special projects that people, especially in SMEs, mm-hmm. are involved in to, to, de- to develop them into the full employee. And then the third section of it is once you do that and you set things right and you have your right mission, vision, and values, then you truly are going to be able to increase your engagement scores. People are going to be happier. They're going to be more well-rounded. They're going to be better trained. And it's going to, you know, it's going to pave the way for them to stay within the organization. And there's where servant leadership takes, takes a, a big role in uh, serving the people. Right. And, you know, on that note, it's time for a short break on the business edge. I'm Marcia Zeidel, uh, your Smart Moves coach, and my guests uh, today are George Garrett and Peter Barrett, talking about the evolved workforce and how to engage, develop, and retain your key talent. Stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. 
Welcome back to The Business Edge, sponsored by Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach, and my guests are George Garrett of Future Focus Group and Peter Barrett of Frontera Geoscience, giving us insights into the evolved workforce, secrets to success, and simple employee development. So, you know, we've been talking about SMEs, and I know both of you have had experience with working in large companies and also working in a, a smaller companies. So I'm going to start with Peter, and then we're going to go to George. Uh, Peter, um, what do you see as the greatest difference between these two types of organizations, big, large, could be multinational or whatever, and then the small to medium size? Well, you know, that's a great question, Marsha. If I look back at my early career when I started back in the early 90s, I was working in a small group in a large multinational that had a fair degree of autonomy. And we could go and we could design our own software. We worked on our own software programs. We had a lot of autonomy in the customers that we could go and see and how we conducted business. But as time moved on, that autonomy, piece by piece, went away. We could no longer write our own software. It had to be directed through the head office in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, our ability to go and see customers was determined by the customer service manager who may or may not like what we're doing. So the frustration of working for a multinational became greater and greater. And the person I started my career with founded his own small company and said, hey, do you want to come and work with me? It's going to be just like the old times. And that was an offer I couldn't refuse to go back to the old times of having all that autonomy, of feeling more in charge of your own destiny, (coughs) seeing your projects follow through from start to finish, presenting them to a customer, having the customer appreciate the work that you do. For me, there is often no greater feeling than going and seeing a customer and have him appreciate the work that you've done for him and see how he uses it. Not to have it being controlled by some super customer service manager that's going to be the interface to that customer rather than yourself. There's, there's just no, no fun in that. So working closely with the customers and also working closely with our employees because it's really a joint effort. We all work together on the projects. Um, some of us, sometimes the customer will come in and work in our office with all of us here, and it's a, a great buzz that you get there. That's the great thing about being part of a SME. It's the fact that you can see the effect your project has on the customer very directly. You can see the effect it has on the employees that you work with directly, and the fact that they can see how their product is used and how their day-to-day business makes a difference to both the customer and to themselves. And there really is a great deal of reward to be had there. And George, um, what do you see as the uh, difference between these two types of organizations? What has been your experience? Okay. Well, Peter hit on it, uh, what he said about the the founder of the, the, the SME. Uh, who called him said it'll be like the old days. I, he hit on it because I, I think the SME offers a much greater opportunity to build a very strong, lifelong relationship uh, with, with various types of in, in people. people. Um, also, there's just less hierarchy to contend with, and, and the person may work with rather than for their direct supervisor. So you have collaboration, mentoring, mentoring and, and related opportunities they just abound in this type of, of, of a setting. But it also does something else in an SME, in, in, in my experience, and what I liked about it is that it helps people find a, a passion in a, in a true calling. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you go to work for one of these larger companies, 
and you never really get an opportunity to explore opportunities. And time marches on, and before you know it, you're fulfilling a job that's just at a job. Uh, many times people just miss an opportunity to find their true calling. And I think a person employed in SME can find that exposure to multiple things in a much shorter period of time. And I think that's a really great point because of the research I've done into the millennials, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a really different workforce than, let's say, baby boomers or even Generation X or Y, whatever. Um, They want to find meaning. They want to have a purpose, and they are going to be attracted to companies that provide them with that. So I think, you know, what you're saying is right on. Um, any other thoughts about the, you know, the, 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 the from either of you, anything else that before we move on to the next question about the, um, the differences that you see? Well, the pace is very different as well. The pace mm-hmm. of change is rapid because you don't have to go, like I said earlier, through many gates, if you see a new product opportunity, you can just go for it, um, research it, develop it, release it, take it to the customer, see what they think. Um, and that, that pace of change that you have available to you is fantastic, and it, it really brings a, a, a lot of reward. And the other thing that's great about an SME, um, and this relates to retention that you talked about earlier, is praise. You get so much more praise from not only your customer, but from your bosses. Uh, mm-hmm. It comes back to servant leadership, but when you give praise, it's not just, oh, you're doing a good job. It's mm-hmm. more, you did a great job for customer X. I really appreciated the report that you wrote. He found it was useful for this, this, and this reason. So getting praise that's directly related to the job that you do is also of great benefit. And that, comes, that can come right from the top. But as George says, the hierarchies are very much broken down in an SME. And as I said earlier, you know, everyone keeps their door open. We all feel like we're one team together with a goal and an objective and a very clearly stated goal too. And that's important that everyone in the organization understands the goals and objectives of the organization and works together to achieve them. Well, you know, now let's move on to, you know, a sort of a, a we'll switch it around that question and, and, and go to what can large organizations learn from smaller ones? Because, there are going to be always large organizations. They're not going to fade. Uh, they're going to continue, hopefully evolve into a, 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 a more uh, employee retention and attract, uh, you know, um, to, to develop a more employee engagement. So um, let's start with, um, again, Peter, uh, what can large organizations learn from smaller ones? I would say they need to look at the way in which projects are managed. Certainly when I was working in a large organization, I was working on a project that I had no belief in whatsoever, and several other people had no belief in the, in the project either. And they need to review at a different level the projects that they have that the people are working on and really understand what the business benefit is of those projects and whether they're the right thing to do. Certainly in the case of a software project that I was working on, they did a buy versus build um, strategy, which was heavily influenced by people that had been in the company for a very long time and wanted to retain the software that they worked in the past, whereas Mm -hmm. really what you needed to go out was to do was to go out and buy and get the latest technology that would have interested a lot of people a lot more, particularly the younger generation. And by sticking with this old software that was clunky, you lost people as a result of it. So you've got to make sure that you stay ahead of the game, and it's much easier to stay ahead of the game as an SME. 
Um, I'm not quite sure how a larger organization would go ahead and, and do that, but they've <laughs> got to make sure they keep up with technologies and not get stuck in the past. Right. And I think the important point there is that if you are working with a group of technologists, of software uh, designers, or anyone in the technical field, um, what retains them, what keeps them happy, what is uh, working on the the newest software, uh, the uh, projects that will make them grow. That's why Google is, is so attractive to uh, to the to the younger folks and and and, and the ones that um, have a bent for technology. So, uh, George, let's uh, go to you and um, ask you the same question: What can large organizations learn from smaller ones? <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. I, I I had listened to Peter very carefully, and I want to add something that may be controversial. But I think a large organization really needs to cease their dependence on their corporate speak for mm. people like to sound smart. <laughs> uh, Barry Oshry, many years ago, did some really fine uh, research and development of what's called the Oshry model. And he said, in a typical organiza- large organization, there's three levels. You've got the top, you've got the middle, and you've got the bottom. And they all speak a different language. Uh, and in the, in the SME, you all speak the same language. But when you get to these mega companies, when you are at, at, at the top of the organization, most of your time is going to be spent on financial and strategy matters. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're at the bottom of the organization, you're going to be spent on producing things and, and getting the work done. So what happens is you, you have this uh, uh, tendency to just Talk to people if you're at the top in terms of finance. And the people on the bottom, they don't understand this stuff. I think that's one thing that they can do. I think it's easier in an SME because this kind of communication, as I said, is more frequent and more open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see and have an opportunity to interface with top leadership. And the CEO is not untouchable. And I think that's part of this sounding smart deal. Uh, let me tell you. Side story, real sure. side story uh, about something my partner and I in- encountered uh, over the past 12 months. There was a company uh, who uh, really needed our help. They mm-hmm. really needed our help. They were that large company that really could use our techniques, methods, and models and so forth. But we couldn't break the barrier down with the CEO because, you know what? He did not talk to mere mortals. So the choice we think is simple. Do you want to be proactive or do you want to be reactive in this kind of stuff? And we choose to be proactive. And I think that's where you find the difference between uh, the SME and the large corporation. SMEs are more proactive. Right. And um, we just have uh, about a minute or so left. Any further thoughts before we take our break, Peter or George? on either, you know, what large organizations uh, can learn from smaller ones or the advantages of SMEs. Any thoughts? I would say find a way to give more autonomy to your employees. Good. Um, yeah. Listen to what they've got to say. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. interact more. Don't be the CEO that George just described, not yes. want to talk to the minions. Get out there. Be like Elon Musk. Put your desk on the factory floor. Talk to people. <laughs> Become involved. Yes, it's the old term, management by walking around, you know, 
I think that has got lost somewhere in the in the number of years since it's, it was uh, promoted, probably by Tom Peters or somebody else. Well, it is time for a short break um, on the business edge. I'm Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach, and my guests are George Garrett and uh, Peter Barrett. And when we come back, they're going to be talking about um, just what words of advice they have for leaders today. These are what I call the takeaways. If there's nothing else you remember from um, this interview, what are the two or three or four things that you can go out and, and start using? So stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's www.snelling.com. S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners, to The Business Edge, sponsored by Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marsha Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach, and my guests today are George Garrett of Future Focus Groups and Peter Barrett of Frontera Geoscience, and they've been giving us uh, interesting ideas and insights into the evolved workforce and how to engage and develop your top talent. So we're at the point in this segment where I asked, and I'll ask um, George first, what words of advice do you have for leadership today? Thank you, Marcia. 
I'm thinking about that, that question as you, you just stated it. And the advice I would have for leadership today is to, to, to really understand that we've always had answers, at least since the mid-20th century, on how to lead. We know what drives people and the power of our people's intrinsic motivators. However, many times we kind of chose a different path. Uh, much as this was predicated on what we learned in the first part of the 20th century, and 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 uh, we studied the likes of Frederick Taylor, uh, mm-hmm. who melded man and machine. Uh, then uh, FaceTime became a, a key success as people needed to be placed at the right time and doing things for the right stuff to happen. And in the second half of the century, a guy named B.F. Skinner sold an idea of reward and punishment to educators, became the standard of how we motivate the workforce. Mm-hmm. Reward and punishment is how we train our dog, and I believe people have a higher drive than an animal. Mm-hmm. These two things are part of the rituals and myths we call uh, the rituals and myths of surrendering leadership. But it's predicated on the two men who continue to impact us. We need to change this. We need to lead a different manner. In fact, I have a friend whose name is Mike Myatt. He writes for Forbes magazine. He's a very prominent business consultant on the East Coast. And he wrote something that's just beautiful words. He said, you know, we all surrender. But not all surrender is honorable. If you surrender to the right things, surrender is not a sign of leadership weakness, but perhaps it is the ultimate sign of leadership confidence. So let's try leading, not controlling. Let's try inspiring and not motivating people. That's what I think leadership needs to do today. What a wonderful way to talk about leadership today with that quote. And, um, Peter, what are the, you know, words of advice you have for, in, from your perspective for leaders today? To make sure that your employees know that you appreciate them. Mm-hmm. If they do something for you, say thank you. If they've done something that's big for the company, make sure everyone in the company knows about it. It's constant praise, constant reward constant acknowledgement of those employees. Make sure that they know that they're a part of the business that you're in and that they're having an effect on it, a positive effect on it. And always take the time out for your employees. If you see that an employee is looking a bit down, take the time to talk to them and see if there's maybe something you can do to help. I I will sometimes send an employee home for a half a day or a day if I know they've got some kind of issue because they're going to come back more motivated in the morning rather than sulking all day in the office, which you won't get anything out of them. So you've got to treat all your employees as people, understand their people, understand that they're going to have tough days, they're going to have good days, and get, get to know them well enough that you can help them out when they're having those tough days. Your workforce is everything. You've got to treat them with the utmost respect, the utmost care, and if you are honorable to them, they will be honorable to you. And again, that is a, uh, you know, this is this is not rocket science. Uh, what I no. do a lot in coaching, I say it's not rocket science. It's being human, and and being caring as a leader, and and putting aside sometimes the financial piece and just looking at your people and your workforce because they are your greatest assets. So I want to thank both uh, Peter and George for taking the time and being my guests on the uh, Business Edge. And I know uh, some of you out there would like to be able to contact, particularly uh, George. So, George, tell them a little bit about your company and how to contact you. Sure. Uh, it's kind of funny. My business partner and I loosely affiliated beginning about five years ago. Uh, in 2013, we actually made it a, a legal entity called Future Focus Group. 
and we try to make a difference to business. And uh, we realize that uh, too many old methods, uh, you know, along with uh, complexity, were stifling organizations. Uh, so we we set about providing the solutions today, so people can have success, you know, tomorrow and well in the future. But Future Focus Group does not claim to have a magic bullet. We don't think one exists. In fact, Dr. Deming once said, all systems are right in some world. What we do have a system of is evolved workforce, which is a process of what we talked about earlier, the, the discovery, the development, and the deployment. It's a commitment <clears throat> that really starts from the top down and is involved in all levels of the workforce and results in better engagement, better development, and provides purpose to the organization as well as the people. This is just what the workforce, we think, is really looking for. Okay. So we would invite anybody who is interested in this, if you don't mind me putting my two cents in, Marsha, we would invite anybody to visit our website. It's, uh, uh, it's called uh, it's www.futurefocusgroup.com. Or even look us up on our LinkedIn presence. We have... Uh, a collection of people from all around the world. Uh, we are always commenting and put, posting articles about the modern leadership. That's uh, Future Focus Group USA. And you can either email Teresa or myself. Uh, my email is george at futurefocusgroup.com. And Teresa is at Teresa at futurefocusgroup.com. Well, thank you both. Um, it's been a pleasure um, interviewing uh, both George and Peter, and um, and I know there's there's so much more you probably could have said, and I would love to maybe later in the year schedule you to come back and talk more about the evolved workforce because this is it, it, it's a it's a new kind of workforce. And companies who are going to be successful need to know how to hire and uh, staff, retain, engage their, their, uh, the talent. Because, again, as I said, your most important asset is the people who work for you and who, pe- who will work well for you. So I would like to get to next week's uh, program. It is the best bo- business books and the ongoing challenge of lifelong learning. My guest is a good friend of mine, Randy Mayo, who has presented one new business book briefing each month to public and corporate audiences since 1988. You may be thinking, I barely have time to read tweets, much less blog posts, books. I'm simply too busy. Well, think again. Research shows that the study of good business books helps leaders become more ready, more fully equipped to tackle the challenges of this ever-changing business environment. In this fast-paced interview, Randy will discuss how to identify the best books for you and your organization's challenges, both for today and the future. Tune in March 11th at 11 Pacific to Eastern. Now, here's a smart moves tip for this week. Money gets people in the door, but it doesn't keep them engaged to go that extra mile. For your employees to commit to and achieve great things, they need to experience three things that I think have been covered during this interview. Uh, First is purpose. What they are doing is important. Second is recognition. They are acknowledged for their work. And third is involvement. They have a say in how the work gets done. So great managers know that just by doing these three things, they will create engaged employees who are working together to do great things. Um, 
Thank you for listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves executive coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth, innovate, improve, ignite, or die, make smart moves. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level.